0: Okay, okay. It's always a pleasure to chat with new folks on the pod, but rarely do I come across one where we just kind of kept talking. I mean, maybe it's because we're both from St. Louis. maybe it's because he's a comedian, but from the moment we chatted, we just went. and like I had never met him before until we started talking. I mean, it was just it was kind of great, you know? I mean, when you click with people, you click, and it it's awesome. But enough about that. He's comedy king. He's Midwestern nice and will one day learn to drive a stick shift. He's Willie Mack! My name is Jeremy Kirkland and this is Blamo. My guest this week is actor and comedian Willie Mack. Willie and I talk about how he went from editing reality shows to starring in them, his new show on HGTV, The Best Clothes to Travel With, Stand Up Comedy, and Japanese Denim. It's a real one. Let's go. Are you in St.
1: Louis right now? I'm in Los Angeles right now.
0: Okay. So cuz wow. you're living in STL and LA.
1: STL and LA. Damn. It's, it's crazy because people ask me all the time like one of people's favorite questions is uh how do you like living in like what's the difference? It's like it's it's it's, it's night and day. I love both. Like I love LA because of just like you know the weather, the 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 industry that I'm in. I have to kind of be in either Los Angeles or New York or whatever, Mm -hmm. blah blah blah. But it's expensive. I have (laughs) have, it's I pay twenty eight hundred dollars a month for my place, which could get me a castle in St. Louis. Like I could literally be living in a castle. In St. Louis for twenty eight hundred dollars a month. Like I look at my parents' place and it's fifteen hundred dollars. Like they pay seventeen hundred dollars a month, and it's it's this five bedroom, two story house with an acre in the back. And I'm like, oh my god, I missed this.
0: Yeah. Gas yeah.
1: here is almost five dollars. Like I paid four eighty nine the other day for gas. Damn. Yeah, and I was so mad because I drive. I have two cars. I my Prius is my day-to-day car when, mm-hmm. I, like, when I'm feeling like a cool dude I have a 92 Camaro oh okay so I okay. just like I just want to drive around in LA in my little 92 Camaro like I save gas but I save like I save the environment with this car but because I'm still from the Midwest and I and I'm like I still uh I got this urge uh, about me. I'm like let me get in this Camaro and just drive down down Hollywood Boulevard real quick. And that and that car costs me like $25-30 a day anytime I drive that for gas. Oh yeah.
0: Oh dang. You got like a T-grip stick shift? I mean, nah, you locked in.
1: You know what? I don't know how to drive a stick shift cuz my dad my dad never taught me. And it was messed up because I had a friend who got deported to it's not funny, but I just laugh. But I, <laughs> I know him personally, and and he and he had and and he was breaking up with this girl when he got deported back to uh, the UK, and he had a '67 Carmen Gear. Mm, okay, and he was like, Mac, I don't know what I'm about to do with because she's about because she was like mad at him. Said, I'm about to get your car towed. You're not even here to get it. I don't care. Blah blah. blah. I was like, I'll buy it from you for $600. He's like six hundred dollars for my sixty-seven car. I'm like, that's all I got. That's all I got. All I got, six hundred. He's like, oh, I'm about to lose the car. He's like, I don't care. Just give me the six hundred dollars. I gave him six hundred dollars. It's a stick shift, so I had my friend drive the the car to my place, and then he leaves to go home or whatever into another state. And I and it was it's been sitting in my garage for five years, and, I, <laughs> and I've been watching. I've been watching YouTube videos on how to drive a stick ship because I'm like, I want to drive. I want to drive this car. You know how cool it would be to just drive around in a 67 Carmen gear.
0: I mean, that'd be pretty dope.
1: Yeah. <sighs> I end up selling it because I, I, it was costing me too much for storage and all this other stuff. But I, I think about it all the time. I'm like, one day I'm going to learn. And this messed me up, but I don't know how to drive a stick ship. So I did this Honda commercial. And I booked it. If you you know how the industry is with booking commercials, you probably get three or four. You get three maybe a year. And that means you're like, oh, Willie got three a year. He's a genius. Like, that's how it is with commercials. So I booked this Honda commercials. I'm just saying it so you can understand how hard, or the people can understand how hard it is to get these commercials. Mm -hmm. Like, you audition for maybe 100 commercials, and you might get one or two. So I, I finally get this Honda commercial. I'm on set. I'm in my trailer. They come out, they get me. they like, hey, Willie, here. Here's the keys. You're driving the uh, Honda. I think it's a Honda Accord, some special one. And it's a stick shift. Uh-oh. And I'm like, I don't know how to drive a stick shift. they say, like, what? You don't know how to drive a stick shift? It, the way they said it was like, aren't you a man? Don't you know? <laughs> like, the way they said it was so cold. It's like, you don't, you don't know how to drive a stick shift? I'm like, no, I don't know how to drive automatic. It's like we already shot everybody else with the automatics, and this was the last car. <laughs> so they they kicked me off the commercial, and they had somebody on set, just like one of the, like a like the lighting guy who knew how to drive a stick shift, and they put him in to the spot, and it played like crazy. So this guy made easily sixty thousand dollars on this spot, all because I didn't know how to drive a stick shift. So my agent finds out about this, and my agent's like, "F this." I'm going to teach you how to drive a stick shift myself because this has never happened again. I was like, all right, cool. She pulls out her brand new Porsche 911. Good agent. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not driving. My first time driving a stick is not going to be my agent's brand new Porsche because I I know I'm going to blow your clutch and you're going to expect me to pay for it. Yeah,
0: they got a short gearbox. You got to be careful with those. Yeah, yeah. Not, you need I'm a truck. Not- you need a pickup truck. it?
1: Okay, pick a pickup truck is what you want to learn in.
0: Yeah, yeah. You got you got more leeway. It, the gearbox isn't as you got more more time to adjust and get into gears. Porsches are crazy too because I mean, first off, I'm not a car guy, but I know enough to be a little bit dangerous. So like. With Porsches, you'll go like from first to fourth or first to fifth or something like you can skip all these gears because you can rev your RPMs high enough. Because, right, like the way that all the stick shifting works, as I'm sure you've seen from every YouTube video, it's like where the RPMs are at that lets you go into that gear. So if you're at X RPM, you can jump to third or fourth or fifth. And some of them will give you will give you signals that'll say like you'll as you're as you're revving up and whatever, you know, first gear. It'll say like one to three, one to five. And so you, that way, you know, but all the newer, like newer cars, because you the thing: millennials and everyone else like, like, no, they're like, no one knows how to drive a stick. And it's actually better for us to control it. And so everything's paddle. Like actually the yeah. new Porsches, even funny enough, the new Hondas, they killed the, uh, the new Honda Civic. They killed the, <laughs> the automatic, or they killed the stick. Maybe because of, uh, maybe they, they learned from the commercial. <laughs>
1: So everybody should be thanking me that has paddle shit. So. Damn right.
0: There you go. Willie Max saved um, the day. Saved you from embarrassment. So you know how
1: to drive a stick thing?
0: Absolutely not.
1: No? No. No way. You said it so effortlessly as if you were like this expert. Like, yeah, I've been driving a stick since I was 10. No. Like, how do you know how to... Welcome to the show. <laughs> ah! Cue the fame music at this point. Yeah. All this expert that you... No, but I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express, like, <laughs> like you know,
0: those commercials. You know, I I have I um a friend of mine's family had a Porsche, and his dad was like, "Yo, you could take it." I mean, this is the same thing, but I wasn't like you. Uh, I wasn't as generous and as kind, and I was like, "Cool, let's do it." And it's like, stalling oh. and just like on this beautiful, you know, six figure Porsche. And uh he was in the car and he was actually cool with it. He was like, oh, mm, well, Jeremy, why don't you yeah, um, you know, and I'm just like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. <laughs> you know, like I'm just a total ass clown. And after that, I was like, fuck it. I'm just gonna stick to Gran Turismo. I load up the PlayStation. I can tell you when to shift on a on a on a yeah. PlayStation. There you go. That's hilarious. <laughs>
1: So where are you now? Are you in St. Louis, New York? I'm in,
0: I'm in St. Louis right now. Um, yeah. yeah, so I, the sh- you know, short story is I grew up in St. Louis, grew up in Ferguson, Florissant, went to Hazelwood Central because we all got to like list our high schools.
1: Yeah. What year did you graduate high school? Uh, '04. Okay. I graduated 02. I, I, I went to, so, you know, you don't know. I don't know if you know. I went to Hazelwood Central. So we was probably there at, like, the same time with, uh, what was the principal's name? Frank Smith or something like that <laughs> at the time. But, uh, yeah, so I went to, yeah, I was in Hazelwood Central, and then uh, I, I graduated with a 1.9 GPA. Okay. I didn't go to college because no, nobody would accept me with a 1.9 GPA. But there was this school in Los Angeles because I didn't come out here to be in the entertainment industry at all. I came out here because it was one. So I was dating this chick, and uh, she's like, she was a model in St. Louis. She did all, she was with like millennial models and she did all the fashion shows and blah, blah, blah. She was part of one of those scams like John Robert Powers, where they make you pay like a thousand, like $20,000 to be in their program. Oh, yeah. And, And so she was doing everything. So she's like, I'm moving to LA. I was like, "What?" She's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Chill out, you know. Nobody from St. Louis just leaves St. Louis." She's like, "No, nah, I'm out of here." I was like, "Well, I'm coming with you." She's like, "What you gonna do?" I was like, "I don't know." So I found this school called American Intercontinental University, and they accepted me. <laughs> Only school in the whole country that accepted me. So I applied. They put me up in a housing, and I moved out here with her, doing because she went to the school too. She's like, hey, found this place." That we can start, our, we can be there at least four years and whatever, try to figure it out. So we did it. Um, I ended up getting casted on a show on BT called College College Hill. Hill. Oh Man, I know I did my research. So, so she made me decide this was 04, so 06. She's like, You can't be on College. Hill. I was like, Why not? She's like, Because you're gonna be famous and you're gonna have a bunch of groupies, and I can't handle that. I know, I know. She came out here to be a part of this industry. And now I can't be in because I'm going to have groupies. So she's like, you're going to have to decide between College Hill and me. Well, we know what happened. So, <laughs> you chose <laughs> College Hill. I chose College Hill. And there were a lot of groupies. But so I so people were like, also oh, she she came out here and modeled. No, what happened was L.A. models and St. Louis models are two different type of models. Very true. Like, Very true. She, she was about, She's a size 10, which is fine for me. But in L.A., if you ain't a zero or a two, like, even if you're a size two, they're like, look at this fat chick over here. <laughs> like, oh my God, she is so fat. She's a two. Um, she needs to, why is she not, you know, that's how it was. Oh, yeah. So she never ended up modeling ever a day of her life in, in L.A. But she could sing. She could sing, sing. And I always used to tell him, like, man, you should record yourself. And just like, you should try to be an artist. And she was cute enough, but she just wasn't L.A. model cute. So she's like, nah, because she, she had stage fright. She's like, I'm not trying to sing, blah, 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 blah. Now, she is, uh, she sings she sings background because she ended up somewhat, finally encouraged her and put her up. And she sings for Kanye. Con- she sings in Kanye's uh, Sunday service now. Oh, flex. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So now she's like doing great and all this other stuff because she's a dope singer. And, uh, yeah. And I ended up making this money doing commercials because commercials was my thing. And my brother, who I'm doing construction with was like, Hey, what are you doing with all the money that you made in these commercials and and comedy? I was like, Oh man, I got it stacked up in the bank. You're like, Buying, He's like, you're buying so cars." <laughs> 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 and buying car. McGee. He's like, you're so <laughs> stupid. I said, what? He's like, so you just going to let the banks make money off your money? I was like, what you mean? He was like, you know, the banks just give you this little 0.01% off your money. He's trying to get you in alternative
0: assets.
1: (laughs) He said, why don't you bring your money to St. Louis and let's start buying these properties. Okay. I said, all right, let's do it. So I started buying properties with my brother in St. Louis. He started, he became a real estate agent. And, uh. And a general contractor. And then HGTV caught wind of it. And that is how we ended up getting our own HGTV show.
0: But this is, but as an aside, you were doing this for a while. Like, I mean, you you were making trailers and stuff for this show
1: for years oh, yeah. before this. So, like, It took yeah. six years to sell this show. Yeah. it's I've been working on, because... This, the original conversation happened in um, maybe this was like 2000. And uh, me and him started flipping homes in like 2014 ish area. Mm-hmm. And then I worked at this company and I heard that HDTV was like, where's all the, like they're looking for people of color to, you know, put some color into their whatever.
0: Yeah. So Move over, Chip I, and Joanna. <laughs>
1: yeah so i I told the production company like oh me and my brother sells house. they're like willie shut up nobody wants to see you and your brother on tv this is a true story it's like nobody wants to see you and your brother on tv stick to being a comedian and because i was an editor i used to edit reality shows and they, they laughed me off now this same production company had they okay wow this is a crazy story so they made their claim to fame in the 80s or 70s was, uh, you remember Buns of Steel and Abs of Steel? Yes, yes. Those old VHS tapes. So they were the creator of that. And they've been writing on that on that uh, fame ever since. <laughs> and they've been trying to develop shows and none of them really kind of work. They passed up on, uh, they was pitched Pawn Stars, that huge show. And they turned it down because they was like, nobody wants to see people just sell items at a pawn shop. I hate watching watch that down.
0: show all day. Love it.
1: <laughs> hate that show
0: to, It's an awful show Absolutely love it One of the greatest shows Of television <laughs>
1: <laughs> That show is worth They said like Between 200 and 300 million dollars That's how much that show has made Over the course of the years Because of advertising mm-hmm. and.
0: Yo, I follow all those guys On Instagram Chumley, I nearly bought a Yeah uh, a cameo at Chumley, and then I realized I couldn't afford it, and I was like, "Son of a bitch, I can't afford a Chumley <laughs> shout out." <laughs> How much was it? I think the Chumley shout out at the time. Now I think he's been adjusting his rates according to the market, you know, as every cameo person is. But I think Chumley cameo when I looked at it, it was five hundred bucks. Um, so, but man, wow. oh my god, I think Pawn Stars is just—I'm dead serious. I think is one of the greatest shows. And, Cause it's so bad and it's a show that you could watch. No, no, it's, and I feel bad. Cause like people work on the okay. show and they're working hard and I'm not discrediting their labor, but like, it's a show that is so bad, but you can, you can watch it with any different type of person from any walk of life. And you're all going to be like, okay, all right, I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what, but it, it's not, it's not going to win. You know, it's no Paul Thomas Anderson thing. It's going to do none of that stuff, but it is pure entertainment. And I mm-hmm. like that everyone, you know, had a big glow up afterwards. Uh yeah. RIP the old man. I know my pawn stars history.
1: Ah. FYI
0: Chumley is now 120 bucks. So he's he's really come down.
1: He's ah. he's he's adjusted. <laughs> yeah, he has adjusted. So they turned down pawn stars. They just like that. Wow. And so when they turned me down, because they I mean they laughed at my face. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go to St. Louis because I am an editor and I have a camera. I'm going to go filming this myself. So I went to St. Louis and I filmed me and my brother working on one of our properties, two of our properties in that sizzle. And uh, I showed it to them. I was like, hey, here's proof what me and my brother can do. They saw, they watched the video. They said, oh, this is good. But Willie, nobody wants to see this. So I said... Forget it, whatever. And I just threw it up on YouTube. I'm like, I'm gonna put it on YouTube, and hopefully, there's some people will be entertained by it. So, production companies started hitting me and him up. Maybe like six production companies. And this is such a crazy story. So, one production company hit me up. Uh, I, I'm gonna say their name because I don't, I don't, I don't care. Pie Town Productions. Now, Pie Town Productions. I like, like have, Eat pie. <laughs> yeah, like P I E. Hightown Productions has maybe like seven, eight different shows already on HGTV. Like, they're freaking huge. I can't even tell you the names because I can't even think of them right now. But they're like like some of the biggest shows on HGTV. No, I can tell you we
0: got Christina on the Coast. We got Holiday House Hunters. We got Summer Rush. Uh, Miss Polly's Cakes, Flip or Flop. What about Tiny House Hunters? and House? It looks like they have all the House Hunters franchise.
1: Yeah. All, the House Hunter franchise is there. And even like the flip or flop, like those, those are huge shows. Are big shows. So they reached out to me and John and we had a meeting and they said, what kind of homes do you all uh, work on? Now, me and my brother work on homes in Ferguson. We work on homes kind of, you know, Spanish Lake, which it, for those that are listening, they don't like, what, what, what is that? Y'all know Ferguson hopefully. And like these are areas where it's like, it's, it, it could be, it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's C plus level home. Mm-hmm. And there was like, ah, uh, well, how did they word this? It's like, so do y'all work on any half million dollar homes? We was like, I don't know who you think we are, but uh, no. Like, no. We're not we going, going to have... Ladu <laughs> We're not going to Wild Horse Creek. This ain't the front. I can't afford the front net. Like, no. (laughs) I said, no. So they said, well, HGTV has a formula, and we know their formula, and this works. So once you all start doing these half million dollar homes, come back to us. I was like, we out. There's no way we're going to be able to do half million dollar homes. Especially no time soon. That's, that's, that's only like five people in the world that can do that. And so we we, we got passed on by them, but they kept an the eye on us. Like they sometimes reached out and was like, hey, what's going on? So then another production company hit us up. And we was pitched to them and they loved us. And we went to a certain level. And then the question was asked, uh, we don't care that you all do these lower level homes. But the way they fixed this question was really, they said, all right, but the question is, what kind of buyers buy these homes in your communities? I said the ones that get financed.
0: Ooh. They're like great response. Yeah. That's a
1: Costanza yeah. zing. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they was like, yeah, you know, we really want the show to be diverse. What? Hmm. I, am I not the diversity here? <laughs> oh, they was like we can't just have people of color just buying the homes. We want to see people of color in like on um, some of the homes, but we also like to see some white people buying these homes too. In their way of saying, their sense of saying, we want to see you all do bigger homes without saying they're like, hey, wh- what about what about white lives? Don't white lives matter? <laughs> <laughs> the WLMs. Oh my goodness! So we got we got passed on by them. Well, in 2020, what ended up happening? We ended up meeting the right production company that pitched us the right way, and hgtv loved it. They loved me and my brother. They was like, "Where have you all been?" And like they, and to know that. It took five and almost six years to sell this show at the product meetings and being turned down. But I was like, I'm not giving up on this show. And it and it worked out. And now we're in St. Louis flipping homes and on TV, which is amazing. Mm. I, I mean, that's pretty incredible, especially like, cause I feel like the timing
0: of it is perfect in the sense that. um. So the, you know, I was talking about how, how good Pawn Stars was. Right. But like for me, the best show, the show that I actually believe that could unite America is hometown. Yeah. I mean, I'm dead like hometown. Like what, you know, I'm, I don't know how they're so freaking flawless. And then they did that hometown um, thing in, oh, it was called like Wetumpka and Wetumpka, Alabama, where they like brought all these. And like, I feel like everyone in the U S especially because of, COVID and the pandemic, people just want to see redemption stories, right? People just want to see people like get fixed up. They want to see people get laced out and good things. And then they want to see people crying with joy and with tears. I mean, and that's me. Like all I wanted to do, I was like, man, F Marvel shows right now. Give me more hometown. I went through every episode of hometown. I'm sitting in bed crying. I'm like, babe, you see? (laughs) Thank (laughs) God. So I think the timing couldn't be more perfect for what you guys are doing.
1: And the way that we were pitched, like part of our like, our one sentence pitch was, this is crazy actually, hometown meets blackish, that show blackish. So we they merged that together because we have that hometown feel and the way that they're doing this, I don't even know if I'm allowed to even say this, but I am <laughs> like, they're shooting this in a sense of, they, they, HGTV said, we want to do something different, which is really cool. They said, we don't want it to be an, like another how, a show. We don't. We're not trying to put on another show that's the same and just putting black people in there. We want something completely different. So they're shooting this not more as a docu series about two brothers who happen to flip home versus it just being a real home flipping show because they want people to be connected to the story, to the St. Louis in, uh, community, and to us as a family. So they're touching on like our family lives and all of that. So. Is this show is going to be amazing. That's incredible because you you're a
0: renaissance man. I mean, my notes on you are hilarious because it's like, you know, skateboarded, did this moved to L.A., College Hill. Um, I mean, like, just like you touched every little career editor, comedian, all this stuff like you just like do you basically are you just saying yes to everything that comes your way and just doing it?
1: I do. Hell yeah, I like even when I'm, it's funny that you say skateboarding because when I post about me skateboarding, I my and like in each each one of them, I say my favorite activity that I suck at. I suck at skateboarding. I everyone fall. does. It's all right. I fall all the time.
0: I yeah, I was gonna say you got a TV show to film now, HGTV. I'm gonna insure you if you're gonna get, <laughs> be like, uh, yes, Mr. Mack, we have some issues about uh, yeah. insurance. <laughs> That skateboard. How big are those wheels?
1: Yeah, <laughs> like I'm on fifty fours. I mean, like I
0: need wheels this big. Yeah. Like you need to be on seventy and up. We we want to suggest a ah! longboard for you, Mister Mac. <laughs> Just a longboard. Yes, that's true. Yeah, maybe one with a
1: battery. Yeah,
0: does that sound good? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, man. Damn. Well, that's
0: amazing because you so you come out to L.A. You are kind of figuring your stuff out. You get on College Hill, which College Hill was a big deal show. And that was a very groundbreaking show because it was also it was a BET show, but it was also a a BET show that like was out to like people like white people were watching. Like a lot of people were into College Hill. It was not like, you know, just just for like one demographic or anything like that. Like a lot of people were into that. I mean, I remember watching it and I didn't even put it together until I was doing right. more research on you. And I was like, holy hell. And that, because that lasted for a bit, right?
1: Yeah, College Hill was actually the very first um, black reality show before all the hip, loving hip hops and all that other stuff. It was College Hill. And so that's what made us really popular because we was like the black version of the real world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so... that was was a fun time man like the thing though that's different now than it was then because like I'm about to go back into that level of fame and it's going to be different for a couple of reasons and one of them I say as a joke but I also mean it because I'm about to be white people famous white people famous and black people famous are two different types of fame And it's great. And it's cool that I could say all this stuff, because one thing about being on like some of these shows, they, they like they kind of censor you. Like I'm censored a little bit. But HGTV also knows that I'm a comedian. They're following my stand up like. And these are the things that I see. I, my stand up is based off of my perspective. So as soon as HGTV was announced, the amount of white people that started following me and just like hitting me up was like crazy. They're like, I can't wait to see this. This is great to see Pepper in a salt shaker. Like, like Was, Was that a quote? quote?
0: Was that a quote? That's a quote. Oh, That's mama. Quote. Okay.
1: Uh, but I don't care. I don't, as long as it comes from like either you, you're trying to be funny or like, you know, whatever. I, like I said, I don't care. So, the difference is when you're black people famous, they... They are saying stuff to me like, man, you're doing this for the culture. Hell yeah, Willie. We see you on on HGTV. We definitely watching black people. Now the white people come over and they start wanting to like, hey, we see that you're about to be on HGTV. We want to be able to partner with you. And work out some deals so that we can kind of ride your coattail." Your agent's getting another Porsche already? No. Well. <laughs> so, okay. So uh, the difference um, part of it, uh, be from College Hill, AGTV. On College Hill, they paid us $950 for the entire season. The entire season, we only made $950. And that was paid to us weekly while we were on the show. So we can have a per so we can have weekly so we can go out and like if we wanted to go out to eat, if we wanted to do some like buy some a shirt or something. Did you get anything
0: from like a streaming deal later? Because
1: I mean, no one knew it was going to stream yet. They made millions on us Mm. and paid us $950 for the entire season. So I was broke. And famous. Now, broken famous is an interesting place to be because you're known everywhere. Not just by regular people. I I go to the BET Awards. I see Beyonce backstage. She's like, oh, she didn't know my name. But she was like, oh, you're the guy from the, from the reality show. I was like, oh, Beyonce's talking to me. <laughs> One of my favorite stories. Let me see if I can pull this picture up as I tell you this. Okay. So me and I become cool with Jermaine Dupri. Oh. Now, I... He started inviting me to, like, some of his show, like, because he was a DJ. And so he was like, hey, I'm performing at slide through. Cool. So I'm there. And uh, at this time, she he was dating uh, Janet Jackson. And um, I see Janet. And I was like, oh, snap, there's Janet Jackson. And I go over there to try to take a picture. I'm like, I want to go take a picture with Janet. Let's, let's, you know, it's Janet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she was by herself. Picture you being in this room and you see her on a couch by herself. As I approach her, maybe like five handlers come out of nowhere. Uh Uh-oh. And like, she's not taking pictures. She's not taking pictures. Get away. This is, nah, I ain't. You ain't, whatever. And she said, stop it. No, that's Willie Mack. I want to take a picture with you. And she calls me over and lets me get my picture. You can barely see it oh snap oh (laughs) yeah so janet jackson let me take a photo with her and i'm hanging out i know everybody the chris browns when he was dating rihanna and just all this other stuff so here's another story and i'm gonna show you a picture that goes with this okay okay so i'm at the BET. i'm at the BET awards and i see nelly now nelly was dating ashanti at this time and i see him i'm like oh snap it's nelly he's like what's up I'm like, what's good? He's like, we're going to an after party in Hollywood. The BET Awards was at the Shrine Auditorium, down, kind of like downtown by USC. And um, he's like, slide through. I don't have a car. I had to get on the bus to take the train to go all the way to where Nelly was so I can get this, this photo with me and Nelly. For him to be there for like five minutes, he's like, all right, we're all packing up to go to the Marina Del Rey because we got a boat. You want to row? Are you coming? And I'm like, you say, let me ride with you. I, I thought to say that. But I saw he, he was saying this as he was getting in the car with Ashanti and this Rolls Royce. And I was like yeah i see you there i couldn't i couldn't make it because i had to go to work in a couple of hours i worked overnight as a uh as a vitamin salesman and i had a regular job i lived in a small studio apartment i was broke famous and it was str- it was a struggle so now i have a little bit of money so i'm able to do certain things mm-hmm. and so like i'm excited for this next round because like i could be like you no, know, y'all coming to my <laughs> so it's it's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm excited, but yeah, broke, famous, and all of that is is, is interesting. This is all stuff that I one day I'm gonna talk about on stage because it, it's it's been an interesting life.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Damn. So yeah. when you when the HGTV deal goes through and 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 that wire hits, what are you gonna uh-huh. do? What's are is, is you getting? Are you getting a Tesla? Are you getting some sort of HGTV car? W- what is it?
1: It's okay. No if you don't have an answer. No, I have an answer because I've, I've obviously thought of this. <laughs> I have a I have a Prius now. Yep. And um, I was like, if I'm on HGTV, I don't, I don't want to drive a Prius. People are going to judge me. They're like, oh, he must not be doing as well as he's on. He got a Prius. Yeah. And so it's an older Prius too. It's not like one of the newer ones where it's like, ah, oh, uh, you got at least a 2017 I'm Like, nah, mine is like, oh, you, 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 you was with Prius, and they first announced this type of. It's Prius. a Larry David Prius. It's, it's a-, a Larry David Prius. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I get this announcement. They like, look, here's what it is. We get that that wire. I'm like, I'm getting the Audi. I'm getting, I'm getting the audio, not a new one because I'm smart enough not to get a new one. Well, but, but would you
0: get a new one now? Because used car prices are up so much.
1: Mm, are they? I haven't even noticed. 30 percent. Shut
0: up. I swear to God. It's that chip shortage, man.
1: I heard about the chip shortage. <laughs> I was actually because I, I invest in stocks and stuff. So I'm trying to find out what company that I do. I need to invest in. That's making chips. I'm a risk taker, though. I, I, I I'm out there. You got a Robin I Hood head account. Head I know it. You're
0: you're. Are you trading and just like sitting on the toilet? And move. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good yeah, for you.
1: I'm that guy. All right. Um you have great days. Some days you have really on the court, shitty days. But yeah, it's 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 like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, man. So I'm actually now taking courses because you see where the, you see how the money can be made. I,
0: okay, I agree with that.
1: Yeah. Like once you start understanding the candlesticks and now you you don't just put it in at this time. You actually got to sell it at uh, at a price because you know it's going to go down. So then you got to short the stock as it, after it reaches this moving average here and, you know, all this other stuff. Because it's like, because you see all these videos and obviously some of them are fake, but you see the ones that's like, oh, all I do is day trade and the options trade. And there are people that are just jump on it. Like, all right, I'm going to do it too. But nobody, I, I've spent maybe like so far about, $1,300 on, like, courses. Because I'm like, let me learn this. Well, at least you're so trying to learn, right? Uh-huh.
0: Versus, like, I, I I got it. You know, I watched one video. Yeah. Okay.
1: I watched I, I stayed in the Holiday Inn Express. That's my favorite. <laughs> I love that commercial. That was one of my favorite commercials. That's why I quote it so much. It's like, we need a doctor. He's like, oh, I got it. It's like, oh, you're a doctor? No, but I stayed in the Holiday I used to cry laughing at these. No one really found them funny. They were corny, but I thought these were some of the most clever, funniest things ever. I'm, I'm a dork. I know it's, it is. You're good. You're good. Yes. Um, okay. So
0: this being a podcast about clothes, um, it's about a lot of stuff, but we talk about clothes. You're a pretty got- fashionable guy. You got some great style. I want to talk to you a little bit about it. So as I'm sure you know, <clears throat> To show about clothes, you're on the road a lot and you're constantly traveling. What are the clothes or items that are always in your suitcase?
1: I'm a cardigan person. Mm. I love a good cardigan. And so this used to piss people off. So most of the shirts that I wear I had like the Willie Mac face logo on it. Yeah, which
0: is like the, the glasses and the, the hair. Yeah.
1: Those that are watching, mm-hmm. it's it. Mm-hmm. I have a thousand of these. Shirt. I have maybe, no, I have, yeah, I have a bunch of these shirts. And this is, I wear this every, every show, but I have 125 pair of shoes. I have a bunch of jeans. So I always got to mix and match. So Jordan ones, a cardigan, and my Willie Mac face shirts are like, they're, they're must haves for me.
0: And, and when, when you're traveling with all this stuff, are you just bringing like one or two pairs of shoes? Cause if you got to carry on, even if you you got cool guy Southwest credit stuff, I mean, you, you can't have those like check-ins as your carry-on anymore. They're, they put a stop to that.
1: So I do fly Southwest, and um, I usually have a pair of Jordan ones on my feet. So when I travel for stand-up, I'm usually there for a weekend. So that's uh, so I, I usually get. Pre- for three days, I put—I usually pack like one, maybe two pair of jeans. So it's like one jeans in my bag. What are your jeans? So I have a, a plain, just some plain, just jeans, just plain—not skinny, but they're fitted, fitted with the rips. A blue pair and a black pair. Okay. Those are the only two—one that I'm wearing on the airport, uh, to the airport, to the destination, and one in my bag. And I have a pair of Jordan ones in my bag and a pair of Jordan ones on my feet. And this outfit that I'm wearing is gonna be the same outfit that I wear for for one of the nights. Are you screen but testing
0: me right now? Because I mean, this is a pass, it looks great. The chain too, yeah. very nice, good length on the chain. I feel like a lot of people when they're, when they're getting their chain that people really underestimate the importance of the length. You gotta have it that it shows enough It's a a little bit on the skin, a little bit on the shirt. That's how you do it.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) uh, This is the perfect height, the perfect size one, because I was watching um, this interview with Jay-Z, and he was talking about how back when he was younger, he had all these thick gold chains and, you know, let everybody know that he's a hip-hop star. And then as he started making money, he's like, it just needs to be subtle. It just needs to be just enough. Mm -hmm. Now you just see him with just like that one chain on. And like he says, just he shows what he needs to show and then he goes about his way. I live for
0: the subtle flex. That's all I want to do. Just a little subtle flex. You're like, oh, this this like vintage T-shirt. Oh, no, that's nothing. Or this. Yeah. Yeah. That's key because you don't want to be loud. And I'm this is not a bit like you don't want to be loud with your stuff, especially I think as a comedian, you got to be you still got to be relatable. You know, mm-hmm. Kevin Hart goes out there and he's wearing a seven figure watch on his wrist, but he's so big. I mean, Mark Maron is still like Mark Maron says that all the time. He's like, whenever I, whatever I wear on tour, you know, cause he'll wear a $400 flannel, like an Ironheart flannel, which it's like, if you know, you know, but, um, his, his thing is like, well, I gotta, you know, I still gotta be kind of relatable when I'm on stage, no matter how, you know, famous or, or rich I get or any of that stuff. So, anyway.
1: That, that I'm, i I completely understand that because that's that is a lesson that I've watched and just like I'm on the plus I mean you're on the road, you don't want to get robbed. They know you're not from here. So I'm like, I'm not wearing all this crazy stuff. I'm wearing just enough. Yeah, there you go. So.
0: <laughs> just enough where it's like, yep. yeah, I am supposed to be on the stage, but maybe not.
1: <laughs>
0: ah! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um what is a brand that you love to hate? So you're in L.A. I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're at, I don't know, you're at some cool Silver Lake restaurant. You're at Go Get em, Tiger. I don't know. And someone walks towards you and they're wearing this brand and you're like, no.
1: Hmm. brand that I love to hate. I think it's probably. Like if I see a Nautica or, or a Ralph Lauren. Oh. Uh, it, it's it, for me. It's because it's so dork. It's like it's like you're saying. Even though there's obviously like you can wear Louis Vuitton, Christian Dior that can say what I'm about to say. Sure. Well, but what I seen the Nautica. is like I'm, it's it has this like I'm better than you. I wear Nautica. It's like, <laughs> shut up. Like yeah, look at this guy. Who's the guy wearing the Nautica shirt? Don't, come, shirt. At shirt. <laughs> don't
0: come at me with the full boat on the shirt.
1: don't come at me. <laughs> and, and polo was the same way Polo is this is this thing i guess you know i think it started now that i'm saying this out loud and this is actually the first time i've ever really thought about this because when we were younger or in high school we was always told the racism that was behind those yep it's like ralph lauren didn't he made a he made a quote where he's like, "We didn't make the fashion, we didn't make these clothes for them to wear," or something like that. I think it was a Tommy Hilfiger quote with the one that you're referring oh, that to. Was Tommy that's also one of the ones that's in this. Oh yeah, Tommy Hilfiger, Rob and yeah. So that was all in that little group of that stuff where it's like. Then they had that joke, or not joke? It was that comic, but found out that it's not really true. That the Nautica shirt, the boat on that was actually a slave ship, and it's like what? Yeah, it was it was a thing. I actually let me look it up. But I don't even know if it's real or not. But since it's been ingrained in me as a as a as a young man, let's see. Well, I mean, if it's on the internet, is it true? Well, yeah, the internet would never lie to us. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: okay, well that's fair. So, what is a brand you hate to love?
1: Mm, I'm gonna say this wrong, but I'm gonna just say it. I think it might be Zara. Oh, okay, that's a good one. Uh, I shop there a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. I like Zara's clothes. Uh, a lot of like the pants don't fit me. They weren't built for people that actually have thighs. Apparently,
0: <laughs> your head hang your head hang a little low after you walk out of Zara.
1: You're like Charlie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I actually I, I like I think I hate to love them because I like how it looks like when I'm wa- looking at like uh, their mannequins or like when I'm looking at their websites. I'm like, man. This dude's wearing the cardigan with the shorts with the white tee. I'm like, that's gonna be me. I go in there and I can't fit these, this right here. Like, it don't, I'm like, God, where's the, Uh but I like, I like how it looks. I like that little, I like that preppy, cool, trendy look. And Zara has all of that. So I think that might be that brand that I love to hate. And if there has to be another one that's like more mainstream, maybe, maybe Christian Dior. Because there's certain like high end clothes that I just want to know why is it so expensive? Oh, I
0: mean, it's that's a very easy explanation. It's just because the name. Because yeah. now, like, unless you're talking about couture, so like couture is literally done by hand. It's it's like still has a governing body around the production. Um, it's also made for you. Um, it's like bespoke suiting, you know. So. But you're, I mean, that's basically what you're paying for. And that like, that way you can flex. Like, I mean, when I, I've told this thing years ago when I was starting to do it, the pod, um, when I first moved to New York, my way of like, I was like, I'm going to make it like, I'm going to be somebody I'm going to figure this out. And I blew, I think, I think it was like $600 on a pair of Dior jeans, which was at the time Uh. what my monthly rent was in this like Uh. crap hole apartment in the LAS. And I never felt better. I remember, you know, I was at Miss Shapes. I was at some dorky nightclub, you know, and this woman was like, hey, I really like your jeans. And I was like, I made it. This was it. That's what I paid for. Um, But it's like they were still jeans. I mean, there's still regular cotton jeans. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, you pay for that name.
1: I have something similar. It's very subtle. It's one of those things that people... But like, what? Well, I have a hoodie. It's just a blue hoodie. No, no logo on it. No nothing. But I paid two hundred dollars for it. Okay, and it's so thick. It's it's like the perfect hoodie. And I'm like, I don't I don't flex much on like spending because I, I I shop at consignment shops a lot. I like I like I go. I'm always at the Goodwill. I'm like, what can I get? The like because I like graphic like. Like this shirt that I have on now, I got it from a Goodwill dollar. It's just like this little Hawaiian shirt. I like I, I like these That's types of things.
0: I like tank tank arm. under the flannel. I I get it. Yeah. I see your vibe.
1: Yeah. And but this one, I was like, this is such a thick hoodie, and it's so like, it's amazing. I'm gonna spend this two hundred dollars, no logo on it, so people just see it. They're Like, oh, nice hoodie. But now they, I, yeah, I spent two hundred. Like my friends who know how much I spent on it, like, why'd you spend two hundred dollars on her? Like, just just feel this. Feel this hoodie
0: now feel your hoodie now feel your hoodie your like, inferior this... hoodie I had a hoodie that um it was a Balmain hoodie and it had holes and rips in it but that they were designed to look like like a cat paw so it's supposed to look like I don't know like like you got attacked by a tiger in <laughs> in this amazing hoodie and so I would wear it and I had my cat paw and a friend of mine was like, Man, I can make that. And he went and took a like a meat tenderizer and just smashed the shit out of his other hoodie. And his hoodie looks way better than mine. And I was like, damn.
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't know the, the um, brand on that hoodie. It's fine. I don't know what I was talking on Melrose. I mean, I'm not gonna, I would, but I it's in like my closet. But uh I, I like looking, I, I distress a lot of my hoodies. I'm the same way with like your brand. A lot of my hoodies. That I do have, I, uh, I'll i dip the bottom. I'll dip like the bottom half in bleach and leave the top regular. You're getting some ombre
0: the, style there. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. And I'll turn the hoodie upside down. So it just has like the bleach drain, like down and all this other stuff. Like I'm really, I have maybe like six hoodies that are like that, that I have bleached and just tie dyed. I'm really into stuff that you can't get.
0: You got to go to RTH. I mean, it sounds like everything you have is, is like, rth stuff which is uh
1: what is rth it's
0: a it's a store in los angeles um i'm trying to think their big thing is they they describe themselves now as genderless uh apparel but they're uh i think there's one i think it's in palm springs They might be a, they might have a couple stores now but they they have a lot of like really slick um you know a lot of the clothes looks i don't know the right word i don't even know if this is a pc word but like like bohemian sort of vibe with and but it looks like it's also kind of like made for that person um yeah rth is a it's a banging shop and i feel like you go there you always see some low-key celeb in there like diane keaton goes there um you know you'll see like john Mayer. you'll see uh i think who else shops that are yeah some there's some good shops
1: this might be where I go once I get the news from. There you uh, go. Asia. There you go. No, I'm looking at it right now. I don't know if you're looking at it, but there's like these uh, these slouch pants, jeans, or pants. Oh yeah, they these. make
0: they make their own. They, a lot of the stuff they also make their oh. own now, because they're they, a lot of their stuff is kind of like an Americanized. There's a Japanese brand where they take a lot of their inspiration, which is called uh, uh, R by Forty Five RPM, uh-huh. which is a incredible. Incre- I mean they're they're one of the um one of the like early sort of like japanese i think because they started out in like 2000 or the late 90s but their uh 45 mm-hmm. rpm is like all the textiles they make they're totally vertically integrated in manufacturing and it's like it's like visvim and those other brands in which like you're paying because it was naturally dyed and like some vat and only two hands touched it so i mean it's it you could literally i could read it to you and you would think i was doing a bit and you're like, come on, man, like cut it. I'm like, no, no, no. But you have to understand the beetle die leaked onto this. And you're like, what? Uh, but their clothes are sick. Really? Yeah. What's the name of them again? That's uh uh 45 rpm. Um yeah, I mean, it's it's slick, but uh oh okay. I, I stand corrected. The the brand started in the late 70s, but they I think they, they came to the US in 2000.
1: Mm-hmm. But like I like this too. See, I'm not hip to a lot of I like these type of stores. How do you find out about these stores? How did you find out about these places that only got like two stores in the whole world? What I do like for what? a living? I mean, I used to be a
0: stylist for a long time. I worked yeah. in fashion. I had my own clothing company for a bit. Um and then, you know, I worked as a stylist for a bit for a bunch of different folks. And I still like on the side like I have a few buddies who are in the industry and I'll kind of help them out with stuff, but Yeah. I mean, it's, it's cool now because I feel like a lot of people in fashion, like we're at this part and it's a cultural thing where everything is cool and okay. Like you, Uh there was not a single brand clothing piece or anything like that, that you can say on this show or whatever that someone's going to be like, he likes this because as long as you say that you're into it, like it is therefore acceptable and good. Right. And it's Uh because now this sounds so trite, but now confidence is like the brand that everyone wants to have, right? But confidence is not a brand, it's an emotion. So if you if you just say like, this is what I wear and this is what I fuck with, this is my thing, people are like, oh, oh, what? okay, yeah. What? This guy, he's got great taste. And it's like, no, like it could be the polar opposite of some diatribe that you just you know read the other day, but because I feel good in it and because it works for me, therefore it's perfect. If you look at every red carpet right now, Like the underlying tone of things is like a nineties influence. There's a great Instagram account called nineties movie openings or or night. uh, It's called night openings. And it is basically just bits of people from the nineties on like red carpet. So you got like, you know, Cuba Gooding jr. Just looking like a G you got, uh, I mean, it's just in like, that is what I would say is like the underlying style of what a lot of people are looking for right now. And like, you know, so you have that and the, the bigger stuff, like the bigger name brand things like, like Dior, like if you walk in the room, whatever you're wearing, especially in LA, right. People immediately made their assumptions about you. Dude's got a chain. Dude's got a cool hoodie. Dude's got this. Therefore he likes this. He listens to that. He understands this. He, you know, and now that they can protect themselves or they can now go up to you and it's like, yo, you know, Willie, like, I see you got that double RL hoodie. And you're like, no, this is this is Vism. This is hand-dyed. Like, fuck out of here with, you know, like, so there's all these different ways that we can separate ourselves and come together by our clothes. Um, I digress, but that is uh, as you were asking about like, how do I know these other stores? It's it's just fun. Okay. Like that's that's my that's my uh thing. I don't know. I just love it. Um
1: yeah. That's dope. You might have to add the Mac brothers on your list of people because man, I I I really do well and so that's another thing that uh that when the showrunner was talking to HGTV, because you know, people have a certain look when they're on these uh these shows. We wear flannel, we work pants, construction. This is person They's like, can they wear, can we really like just have they ask, can we really have fun with this? So they're letting us wear like my brother's wearing, I call it a Zara out. My brother went full of Zara with the with the look like a wallpaper shirt with his vest. Like we look cool. And I I I really enjoy that time. I really do like I love looking for these unique pieces. And now that I'm saying like these, I love a good, I love a good hoodie and cardigan. I I have maybe like 20 cardigans. I, I feel like I need at least 50 more. Oh man,
0: You know, what's key is, is, and I collect these, the old Lacoste acrylic cardigans. So they're really short, right? They're short and they have a bit of a wider arm. And so someone like you, cause you're in good shape, you know? So like you can wear it and you're going to look dope, you know? So I- you got that. Yeah. I mean, that's, those are perfect. And it's crazy. is like when I was buying them, they would be five or 10 bucks. And right now there are a few places that sell them. They're trying to sell them for like 200 or 300 bucks but i mean you know it's everyone's gonna be all over you and all up on you as soon as you guys go big because i think i seriously think your show is going to be huge huge um yeah well we're we're starting to wrap you've been incredibly generous with your time what is there any questions or things like that that i didn't ask you that you wanted to say or you wanted to plug or you wanted to discuss
1: Wow, oh, we talked about everything. I mean, once we get to the plugging part, I'm just telling everybody to follow follow my Instagram Willie Mac Two C's or, or, or me and my brothers that we we're doing for the show Mac Boys Properties, uh, M A C C B O Y Z. Oh, so you're Mac Properties.
0: Boys with the Z? I thought you were Mac Boy Z. Man, I'm mm. a clown.
1: I was like uh, Mac Boy Z.
0: That's their thing. <laughs>
1: Oh, you're good. It, 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 that, that, it's like uh, the ASAP crew. is like ASAP Rocky, ASAP Fern, yeah. <laughs> Mac Boy. <laughs> Mac Boy- <laughs> right?
0: That's what I thought.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, well. yeah. So, yeah, it's just Mac Boys and Mac Boys properties. And, yes, yeah, so I put a lot of behind-the-scenes photos on there. Sometimes that, HGTV hits me up like, Willie, can you please take this Now, Why would you post this photo? <laughs> I am like, my man. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Always, like monitoring me in my posts. Oh yeah. You're going to be on the watch list. Yeah. Oh, I'm already on the watches. I've gotten in trouble a couple of times. They're like, Willie, why'd you put that in your stories? I'm like, you know who I am. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thanks for having me on here, man. This has been fun.
0: Well, thank you so much. It was great to meet you. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. Our show is produced by Blammo Media. We're edited by Amar Lal. The theme music, as always, by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you heard, you know the drill. Share the pod with a friend. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Do the deals. Follow us on Instagram. Do all the hot stuff. If you want to talk to us and give us your hot take, we'd love to hear from you. You can call us at 917-267-2495. No one will answer, but leave us a message and we'll put it in a future episode. Or you can email us anytime at info at blamopod.com. If you want to hang and join the Blam fam, visit patreon.com forward/blamo where we have tons of extra exclusive episodes and our amazing Slack community. All right, that's it for me. I'll see you soon.